You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Take your time. I hit record, but we're doing a, uh, it's just like a long preamble. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what it's always like, folks. What if, what if we hurt, what if in this moment we caught Tom getting a fight with his neighbor and kill him? Maybe. I mean, we had to, we had to delete yeah. all this. And then Ben Affleck directs it like five years from now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's based in Dorchester. Oh, of course. How could yeah. it not be? Yeah. It can't be based in Woodside, out. Queens. It'd have to be Dorchester. Dorchester. I, I like as long these. as I'm played by that guy Slane, the guy that's um, the rapper that's in uh, Gone Baby Gone and um, The Town. No, no, no. I've got a different guy for you. What if we go a completely different direction and you're the skinny old guy in the town? The creepy skinny old guy who's like I gotta be Pete Pasta Wave? Yes. <laughs> yes oh, dude, that guy's face hurts. Yeah, but He's in an the amazing best way, actor, but his face hurts the face. In the best way. Is- You're out the there looking way. for your mama. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I just watched that scene the other day when he goes, if there's a hell son, or there's a heaven son, I guarantee you she's not in it. Yo, he's a, he's monstrous in that movie. All right, hold on. I'm, hit, I'm hitting record. All right. So we did, Welcome. We're not keeping that? We're keeping it all. It's all. We're keeping it all. You did your best. If there's a heaven son, she's definitely not in it. (laughs) Why would he say that? It's so mean. Really well. Because she, he got her hooked on drugs because his father wouldn't do the work for him. I get it, but why be so mean about somebody's mom years after she's dead? Because he just because Ben Affleck was trying to quit. I know, but he. But my point, Tom. Mean people are mean. Yeah, I guess. I wouldn't have had that off the tip of my tongue to be able to be like, Two. if there was a heaven son, she's certainly not in it. <laughs> One, Patrick, go. Welcome to Axe to Grind, the hardcore podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. And I'm Pete Postlewith. <laughs> I, I love him in that movie. He's little. He's the weird little creep. His body is like smaller than mine, and he's menacing. And, and his face is just not great. So much but drinking, and he's got like gin blossoms on his face. Are there any weirdo little creeps in movies that you don't fuck with, Pat? No, I like them all. I, I, the yeah, the I smaller and weirder like you sucker. are, yeah, yeah, I'm a sucker for that. We go, Mr. Uh, Bean. Oh, I fuck with Mr. Bean heavy. Shout out! We're, we're going to shout out all our sponsors really okay. quick. <clears throat> to live a lie, to live slash store. Go there. Drop that bomb. Um, boom. Boom, boom, boom. Get some stuff. Um, they have some Black Friday stuff. I'm telling you, go um, get the Hatred Surge, Hatred Surge Grinding Reanimated Violence cassette and get the Despise You West Side Horizon cassette. Very cool. Oh, those, that, those, are, those are fucking heavyweights right there. Yes, sir. Death Wish Inc. Oh, let me hold on. Let me do, yeah. Oh, you're going to do a clap? Do a clap. <laughs> I kind of like that. What what is that? That's like shaving a haircut. Yeah. All right, Yes, they got a Black Friday sale. Go get some stuff. Um, they're doing a bunch of stuff. They they got a bunch of that Converge stuff out there. They got that they Hopecon got a, reissue. 
Yep, Hokan oh, Ryushu on pre-order. Go get that. Get that quick. It's all good. Closed casket activities. Oh, ah. Closedcasketactivities.com. Black Friday sale. Now, you're hearing this theoretically the day after it ends. It's 25% off all items. As soon as we finish recording, I'm going to petition to our man and say, yo, don't advertise it. Don't say shit about it. Maybe For the Axe to Grind audience, extend that sale till, let's say, 5 p.m. Tuesday, the 30th. Mm. I'm going to see if he'll do it. I'm not, no promises, but maybe we'll do that as a low key thing for you guys. If you're there, you got to get some of these classic stuff. The, the harness way reissue, as important, maybe more importantly to us, those new releases, the Age of Apocalypse record. I actually have been yeah. digging that iFlies record. So um, go check that stuff out, closedcasketactivities.com. And guys, finally, last but certainly not least, run for cover records. Oh, oh, oh. Run for cover records.com. Oh, oh. Their Black Friday sale is running through today. When you hear this, you can go get a bunch of new merch, 25% off everything except the pre-order items and those new Black Friday exclusive designs, which includes new merch from Portrayal of Guilt, Wiccaface Springs Eternal, Field Medic, Basement, Fiddlehead, Sun June. Wow. Um, oh, and um, One Step Closer mm. and um, Self-Defense Family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well said okay uh um the the um what's the design it's endless war with lames the, uh, we're calling it the mind goblin collection this is the first of the mind goblin collection on a ringer tee uh patrick when's the last time you wore a ringer tee 2012 no i think i own i it, somebody gave me one that is like a classic hardcore thing that oh, i like have tiger's jaw ringer you got that's right <laughs> that, that's the classic hardcore design that's the one. Just think of the clothes you usually wear. Tiger's jaw, maybe a field medic long sleeve, you know, that kind of stuff. All the hits. Yes. Uh, runforcoverrecords.com. Go get it. Shout out to our sponsors. We love you. Guys, what's happening? How you feeling? I feel pretty good, honestly. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm well fed. sounds good. He sounds like he's got a second wind. Uh, oh. Yeah, well, that's because we had a day off of tour. The, the second half of this tour is going to be fucking brutal. There's like no days off. I realize... As I get older, a day off is of great value to me. And mm. it used to be that I had that mentality, you know, like like that the uh, this band could be your your life sort of shit where it's like if you if you're not playing, you're paying. It's like no, no, no. Either way you're paying. But one way you're paying with uh, your physical health. And you can get way, money back. You can't get your knees back. That's correct. True story. <laughs> so like a a day off is a, a glorious thing. Well, yo, uh, here's a question for you because this is something Please. At any other time during your musical career, touring career, have you had as much stuff going on outside the band as you do right now? No, I'm fucking slammed. So that day off is not just the day off from the tour, but a day to catch up, a day to get in, and also the rest, of course. Yeah, I, 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 I know that the, the running gag is I do no work, which is partially true, by the way, but mm-hmm. it, I do know... <laughs> I, I do no work across two and a half careers, and then I got and then I got music on top of that. So it's like you know how much energy got, you have to expound to, to uh, or use up to not do a ton of work across two and a half jobs. Yeah, you know what it is to convince your boss that you're you doing you doing nothing is what he asked for. It's not easy, man. <laughs> I got to do it yeah, multiple no. t- multiple is this times where a we week. Re- reveal that you uh, use a, a pseudonym. This is your fake name. 
because you don't want the uh, your your employers to be able to listen to a podcast where you tell them, "Hey, I'm not doing anything." <laughs> so this is where we reveal your real names, like uh, James Allen. You know what I mean? Like, well, hey Bob, you think we're gonna get a Pat Kinlan DNP coach's decision one of these nights? Yeah, I, I think so. Like Pat just Very like doesn't show, and it's like a three piece. <laughs> Or yeah, four piece, and like someone else be. is singing. He's like LeBron on the on the bench, just resting up for playoff time. Like the tertiary market doesn't get pat. Oh, okay. I think that might start. You know what? I mean, as we continue, as the touring season expands, I think it's just going to make sense. Some nights, you know, if you're in Albuquerque, you might get uh, roadie singer. You know, that's just here's a question happen. for you, fellas. And let's, for the benefit of our, I'm curious, and I guess this is stuff I could ask you off the air, but. For the benefit of our listeners who have zero interest in sports, I guess keep mm. it punchy. Mm. Uh, the the gentleman Isaiah is his name. Is Isaiah that correct? Stewart. Isaiah yeah. Stewart, yeah. who took a run at LeBron. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Give me your give me your uh, PTI uh, take on this. Is it, uh, it? Is was he in any way justified? Yes. No. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> LeBron clipped him hard. Clipped him hard. Yeah, dude, he's got to know. Yeah. Le- you made me LeBron's got to know. Blood. He clipped him hard. So you guys do not subscribe to the idea that there's different rules for there's different rules for different people, and that uh, that pushing another man is fine, pushing LeBron is not fine. Uh, no, here's the deal. Look at look at the look at the tape. Dude did not immediately run on LeBron. He he took some words, took some time, and obviously there's a moment where I think he didn't realize how bad it was. Then the blood starts pouring over your face. Um, and I think LeBron could have done more if he didn't want that. He didn't want that smoke. He should have gone harder to the mat to say, yo, I'm sorry. That was on me. And it seems like he tried to still stand his ground. Yo, LeBron, 6'9", 280. Yeah, I was going to say. 6'9", 280-ish. That would have like, been. Yeah. Like, yo, the, the only difference, Isaiah Stewart, trained boxer. Is that true? Yes. Oh, the, oh he would have fucked up LeBron. Born in Rochester, grew up playing soccer and boxing. Damn. No shit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you I don't think, know what went on before that, too, though. Mm-hmm. See, that that's was later in the game. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because I, I was seeing the take. Who said it? Gilbert? Somebody said it that was like, yo, there's just two rules here. You, you don't punch LeBron and you don't punch Steph Curry. That's <laughs> welcome to the NBA. Yo, and I thought, yeah, I thought I mean, that was an interesting take because then everybody in the comments, and no disrespect to you, fellas, but everybody in the comments section who is not a professional NBA player was like, fuck that. It's, it doesn't matter who, whoever disrespects you needs it. And it's like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like, is it worth your career? Cause if that's what you're gambling with, I, I just assume LeBron can, LeBron can elbow me in my neck for the right amount of money. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, sure. So I, I thought it was interesting to watch because I was, com- I was on the road completely detached and then I'm just getting things in people's Instagram stories. So wait, Tom, I've got a question for you real quick. Let's, let's set the stage for Patrick. Um, how many times did LeBron punch Isaiah Stewart in the face or get him I, in the face once? We know of once it probably right. could have been 10 times. Yeah. How many times did Isaiah Stewart punch with LeBron in the face? Zero. Right. Because he would have gotten a whole calls. lot, Patrick. There's a whole lot of, um, you know, uh, the NBA player Anthony Edwards came out and said, when when dudes get up in your face in the NBA, he's like, that shit's fake. Yeah, sure. 
Um, there's a whole lot of what they call hold me back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, parallel to hardcore. You see, I was a little say, bit I of like hold a good me hold back, back energy, you know? Yeah, I like a good um, hold me back. Now, Isaiah really put on, he put on quite a show. Which I thought was a little too much. Way too much. When he actually sprints towards him, it's felt like over an oversell. You better be ready to fucking punch. uh, I said uh, with with our homies at Secret Jocks, I said uh, Cade Cunningham was the MVP who kept getting in front of Isaiah to try to curtail it. It didn't get worse. Yeah. But but the tail of the tape, LeBron got one in. Isaiah Stewart didn't get any. So I don't know why everybody's saying, you can't punch LeBron. Yeah, he didn't. Mm. No. I mean, the same thing. I mean, different. It was a star going after a lesser star. But like the Morris brothers... Always want that mm. smoke. Oh, yeah. And do you see, with uh, Jokic? Yep. Pat, Pat, did you see that? I did not. You know who Nikola Jokic is? I do. Big, big fucking Slavic dude. Yep. Big fucking guy. Talented, yeah. When I, I mean, a great ball player. But like, yeah. something happened, and one of the Mar- – was it Marquise Morris, I think? Like, hit him. Marquise, yeah. And like, w- like walked away from – oh, no, he like followed him really hard, like, un- like intentionally. And like he turned his back to him and walked away. Jokic came over and fucking forearm shivered him right in his back and knocked him right on his ass. Yeah. And now, like, Marquise's brother was like, like you know, oh, when we play you, I'm going to get you. But, like, Jokic has these two, like, brothers that kind of look like they might be mobsters. And, and professional uh, – at least at least one of them has professionally fought, and they look like the henchmen from any bad, like, yeah, Russian, like Russian gang movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Slavics, yeah. Um. There's, so, so there's you're telling no me that the stuff. NBA is interesting. Sometimes. Oh, yeah. And then you just watch Curry put on shows and it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, don't the moral of the story, don't punch stuff, Curry. Um Yeah. So guys, uh you want to talk a little hardcore? I do, although on reflection, Steph Curry might be the only NBA player I stand a chance against. So it's uh, too bad I can't punch him. But go on. He's probably bigger than you'd think. Oh, yeah. for uh, no he's doubt. He's probably like Bob size, but we think like he's like, and, oh, he must be like five six. And diamond cut. And like, yeah. Oh, listen. You know, when I said chance, I meant like I hit him with a hammer and I run. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, yo, uh, we we dropped our '80s Mosh Madness convo last week. We're gonna post up a list. Um, pretty cool feedback. Lots of opinions. We appreciate it. Okay, wait, um, Bob. Yeah. Let yeah. me let me drill. Drill. I know too many '90s dudes because it was it was people that my my shit was people that were confused didn't want to talk about the obscures oh, did, yeah. did you get a different energy did you get people that were all in excited to talk about the obscures oh yeah yeah oh, okay that's great and I'm, a mix I'm glad you know we're I mean? servicing and, and the, all yeah. sorts of people we got some feedback from people who were like oh why'd you pick this why didn't you get this a lot of conversation i think that was interesting is the how is this punk but not hardcore and i said yo look there's no real rule to it. Just like no, real, we had to make you know, decisions. That's all we it had is. To make decisions, and it's sort of like I said to one fellow. I was like, "Look, one of my big goals was I didn't want to put my personal taste in too hard. I wanted to make sure that all three hosts of the show were represented as much as we could, and I feel pretty good about that. Um, and three, like that, if it was something like when it comes to the hardcore or punk thing, look it." It's all gravy to me. Like I like almost all the bands that we talked about and left on the periphery. You know, we we actually we had conversations weeks ago with Eric Wilson as part of it, talking about some of the SST stuff. I think we are, you know, at least a couple of us. We're we're into the Minutemen. We like a lot of that stuff. It's just 
would the Minutemen ever refer to themselves as a hardcore band? No. I don't think so. Answer's no. Right. <laughs> like, and, and the same is true for Fear. And and maybe same is true for some stuff that made our list. But that's okay. Because we yeah. just had to pick some corners. Um, feel pretty good about what we've got highlighting. Uh, any other feedback? Tom, you get any feedback on our lists? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people were stoked to like either dive into stuff that they had um, were blind spots to them. Um, some people like our buddy Julian, um, still mm-hmm. was a little mad about the, the carnivore being included because he didn't think carnivore was in, was a hardcore band. Yeah, we should talk about that actually. I mean, I didn't which, quite honestly, I'm all I right said, with that. I, felt, I, I mean, I don't necessarily disagree, I don't even like the band, but I felt like if we're being fair. So that is the one one band who's come up in conversation that I wanted to put on the table. All right. Um, SOD was the other, but I was like, ah, you know, I, I see those. I see the SOD thing, and there was a time where it was more important. And we're going to be able to have an interesting conversation about SOD kind of in the same way as we would about Carnivore. Carnivore Retaliation has a song, Race War. Lyrics of Race War are not super great. However, I want to ask you guys, are they meant to be taken literally or no. is it sort of a weird kind of third party reading you, you, you. so here let me read them so that people can understand what we're talking about uh carnivore race war black against white yellow versus red the fighting won't stop until we're all dead burning riots destroy the masses nightfall brings death city reduced to ashes don't call me your brother we fell from different cunts Okay. Your akins, your skin's an ugly color. Mm. Race war, we're going to a race war. Hate war, we're going to a hate war. Um, Hendishal homicide, bloodshed, uh, it, rampage, it, torture, blah, blah, blah. I can keep going, um, but there's parts here where it starts to be more explaining. You know, Muslims against Christians, the Arabs versus Jews. The Catholics and Protestants, no one wins, we all lose. Everybody's going to die. Xenophobic tendencies instilled in us at birth. Yeah, who thinks this? Is, who thinks that this is anything but a critique of, of uh, race politics? The, very clearly it is. Well, you know, it's mm. the same. It's, 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 it's no. tough. You know what I mean? Uh, you, you don't yell, everybody's going to die as a positive. <laughs> Like, you know, no, no, and xenophobic tendencies instilled in us at birth. I mean, if I'm reading, if these were crass lyrics, maybe we would feel different, right? Yeah, okay, uh, let's talk about that. The only reason that I think that we, because I'm looking at these lyrics right now, and they're to me manifestly satire, or if not satire, critique, not even satire, critique. Mm-hmm. But the only reason that you might not think that is because these are morons. These are knuckleheads. Mm-hmm. And it's it, because it's not crass, because it's not some high-minded effort at like, uh, you know, like, hey, here's something for everybody. And it's just kind of like no disrespect to Carnivore, really, but just like kind of like mm-hmm. Goombas in our eyes. Like we have a tendency to be like, oh, they can't have a that. Like, of course, they're literal, but it's not literal. I'm looking right at it. Now, what about the Carnivore logo patch I just sent you? Woodware. What about and you would probably get beat up because that's definitely yeah. like an offshoot of a swastika. <laughs> it's yeah, not. It's just, not very. It's not a great look. I'll be honest. I'm pretty sure. No, I mean, I think they were. They were. Logo. They were Steve. Al, the Steve Albini's of like Quentin yeah. Road, like Flapjack. That's exactly right. 
Yes. Yeah. But I mean, I think they were a little bit. I wouldn't. All right. Here's the thing. Yes. And like I said before, I thought they belonged just just because if we're talking about like six, the 64 most important band, like. Oh, yeah. Most, yeah. yeah. Like, and, and influential, I don't, I, right. You know? Yeah. I mean, whether we like it or not, if you like fucking sheer terror or if you like fucking blood for blood, a lot of it came from like carnivore. I, uh, I, uh, Tom, I'll take it one step further. If if you like early metalcore, like this, you got a lot of it right here. Like, of I, course. I think, if you like Twitching Tongues, if you like Life of Agony, yeah. if you like, like, it's all from. But you know, you got to take. You know, it's a little tongue in cheek, but it's like one of those things. that's like, all right, I'm going to age myself. And no, please. Like Archie Bunker. Like he was racist. But like some of the stuff he said, he didn't totally mean, but he was still kind of fucking racist. Like we're talking yeah. about a dude that wrote like the questionable stuff on an, on another record that might actually be on our list. Swimsuit, check. Sunscreen, check. Phone charger, check. Don't forget to pack the five-hour energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Yeah, I mean, look. Oh, yeah. No, no, that's I, true. I, I'm not diving so into So it's not like it's part of his character. It's not just like him being like, I wrote this fucked up shitty song, this one song. It's like kind of a repeating theme throughout his work. Okay. Right. It, it, I'm going to I'm going to jump out and cape for, cape for this and say yes, uh let's say different time in the respect that provocation was uh much more part of the uh part of the flavor of the day. Right now, you can't be a provocateur of any meaningful type. Uh, but without looking into a guy's heart, I'm just reading these lyrics, and I, I truly cannot see any world where somebody could read them purely literally. Now, if you want to get into it and be like, "Oh, but I heard he, uh, <laughs> I heard he said this, or I heard he said that in an interview, or I heard he did this, or whatever," whatever, that's fine. But like on these, on the merit of these lyrics alone, I see, I see nothing that would make me think that he's being literal. In fact, the parts that that read like "oh, that's sketchy," they they're almost in every instance they're accompanied by something that puts it firmly tongue in cheek. You know what I mean? So I don't, I don't feel. Again, I don't know the guy's heart, and I don't know where his head was at at this exact moment. But looking at these lyrics, I don't feel any sort of way about him. So that brings up the question: Are we comfortable putting Shine on the record? Oh yeah, Tom. I'm cool dropping it. So it's up to me. You know, the big problem for me, because I, I don't disagree. Well, there's there's major parts to me. I do think this was influential. And that's um, kind of where it belonged. Right. It, it, it's influential. There's conversation to be had about it. And I actually think maybe we do a conversation on a separate episode about carnivore typo negative pete Steele in general you can tie in the, the cause for alarm stuff all that stuff his involvement in new york hardcore because i think it's actually interesting because i don't think it's it's not square it's not like easy peg stuff in my opinion well it, just to your point about it being influential and that mattering for the purposes of this conversation above all in my view is 
I I'm like, why don't we talk about YDL more? And you guys are like, because they're bad also. You yeah, know that's what I mean? the big problem. And, and, like I can talk to you about the YDL demo, which I think is pretty good, but like then you get anywhere past that and it's like, yo, this is just kind of bad. But that's like, the thing, right? Bad. Is like we're not talking about YDL for the sake of talking about YDL. We're talking about something that actually had legs and it, it has influence moving forward. Like an I early crossover that, hardcore band. Yeah, that's the conversation. You know what oh, I mean? And, and so, that's yeah, and so so to me there are records that I would rather include than this one. Um, for example, I straight up forgot the record Ill Repute, What Happens Next, which I think is, I had labeled aggression as one of the most important. We talked about the Stalic 13. Ill Repute, Ill Repute might be more, right? Ill Repute, What Happens Next is probably more important in terms of like the but more important thing. than Carnivore, though? <sighs> to like today's hardcore, scale, no not. chance. To today's hardcore, no chance. To the fact that the metal influence came in and metallic hardcore crossover into metalcore, no chance. It's not even close, unfortunately to me, but it's just... Yeah. And, and that's not to dismiss those sounds, but it's just no no chance. Um, well, Bob, though, before you go in, it, mm-hmm. it's you say that, and I agree with you, hardcore at large owes more to carnivore at this exact moment. They but, changed the F. But to our listeners... To oh, our I mean, listeners, I, I think I would speak to. I think our listeners fall pretty squarely in the middle of. We have older listeners. We have people who are like, "Yeah, ill repute that matters," and we have a lot of people who are hearing this right now going, "I've never heard ill repute." No, but and they but may that, not have I'm heard Carnivore is- either, but they've never heard ill repute. And some of the bands we're talking about as being influenced by Carnivore, they have heard. Hold on, can we make this a bit like a tiny bit of a quick hit right here? Of course. Do, do you think? Let's say that Carnivore. Uh, has had a greater influence on our listeners who like things a little bit more metal tinged. That's a lot of our listeners for sure. But we also have listeners for whom ill repute would be like uh, the middle point between to live a lie material and triple B material. And that shit is wildly popular among our listeners. Do you know what I'm saying? So this is, and this is a 1984 LP from California. And when I look at it, I'm like, man, this record has some hits. It's a really good record, and we don't we don't put a lot of we don't put enough shine. I think we all three would say, yo, this podcast has a bit of a New York bias, but for no, good reason. No shit, and <laughs> yeah. but for good reason. Like, yo, we're, we're we're we there's no like, yo, oh, we talk too much about, it. you know, we talk about it because it's it's a lot of what we know, and it's also kind of the here. biggest thing. Yeah, you know. Um, and I look at our list, and I go, you know what? We have AF cause for alarm. We have leeway. We have judge. We have SOD. Um, does carnivore bring something different? We have the crumb suckers. Does carnivore bring a different angle of representation to what those do? I'll be really I, honest. I'll be really honest. I'll answer the question myself. I think it does. Unfortunately. Yeah, I think it. I think it does. I, uh, I I think there's some New York thing we could kick <laughs> off there if we want to keep, if we want ill repute in. Which I, to to I be mean, frank, now that you mention it, I think kind of needs to be in there. But yeah, I think it does. Um, I mean, so here's my c- candidates for pushing out. Uh, I would push out SOD. Speaking English should die. I would That's push out. I mean. Okay, I would push out Youth Brigade, Sound and Fury, but I kind of like including it. Um. I think I'm hard pressed to push anything else out, or or carnivore. 
Um, and uh, I could also be pushed to, to push out Battalion of Saints, Second Coming, or No For An Answer, A Thought Crusade. But again, I kind of like those being represented in here. But I mean, in terms of, of importance. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, like, but no, no one, no one's like, yo, I started this new horror band. It's kind of influenced of by Battalion of Saints. <laughs> <laughs> Not a living person. You know, you know, like, I know disrespect to them. No, no, no. There might have been a moment about 14 years ago in the middle of that No Way records wave. But that's like a, like, literally, there's 10 people going, yeah, that's right. Right. And everybody else is like, what, what? No Way records? Right. But you're talking about, like, like, Twitching Tongues wrote a sequel to a Carnivore song. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Like, in the last five, you know, 10 years. Yep. Yeah. No. And, like, and I don't think anyone's being like. Yeah. Right. That's. I mean, I, I don't agree with that. I don't like. No, the, I agree. I, I agree. I don't like Carnivore really, but I think in terms of import, if we're being fair, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like yeah. I mean, I think Carnivore, and I think I mean as much as the same thing with SOD. Like those are at times of like during the crossover that like changed hardcore. Well, okay, uh, like Tom, Youth, I agree. Youth Brigade didn't change hardcore. No, no, I agree with that, but but I think Bob had a point where do we get SOD's energy? in any of these other picks because I don't think we get carnivores energy in any of these other picks. That's why I think like for the sake of the list, carnivores got to stay. I agree that everything's influential. The, everything we're talking about right now, sure, influential. Sure. but I think for the, for the kind of the, the sturdiness of the list being representative, uh, carnivore stays in my view. SOD could probably go. What else in that? What else is in that kind of crossover fun thrash sort of energy that we, we already represent. Oh, you know what I mean? I think of SOD as being like entirely more intentionally goofy. And I, they, oh, they're very goofy. And I so think leeway is like, or, so, so SOD is sonically, sonically, it's not very much like leeway. It's like halfway to carnivore, but not all the way to carnivore. It's got the energy of Murphy's law, and then a little more further sonically, I guess the next closest might be AF cause for alarm. Right. Um, oh yeah, that's true. Actually, but, I would but think I SOD or carnivore would, because it, it, it represents okay. like the crossover and the energy. Okay. okay. Let, let's Let, do this. Let's do this. Yeah. Let's take uh, off SOD, leave carnivore, but we can talk about SOD and talk about that kind of world of stuff. Cause it's, it, it isn't the same. It isn't the same. But there's a world where this kind of stuff, like in the time before now, in the pre-2000 era, it wasn't that everyone who loved Carnivore loved SOD, etc. But for me, like as a young punk kid, I had a friend or two who are more onto the metal side of things who really repped for a lot of New York hardcore. Um, a lot of the stuff I liked, but also was like, yo, but SOD, man. Oh, and there was a couple others really liked MOD, really like Carnivore, really. You know what I mean? The guy who's like, yeah, I mean, I love all this stuff, but Slayer is still my favorite band. Does right. that make sense? Oh, yeah. I mean, the the kid, the kid with the kid who sees himself as a hardcore kid, perhaps, but to our ear is much more into the adjacent realm that the adjacent changes every 10 years. So like there's a period where adjacent means everything metal influenced. And now adjacent means probably everything kind of like post title fight influence, but like the adjacent changes, but it's still that concept. You know, that's actually an interesting conversation for both, for all of us at some point is what was the adjacent 
um, in the nineties. You know what I mean? Cause I think there was a lot of it. Oh, I, I, I mean, we had we, the, we had like the, the nineties emo, like the, the, um, other side Texas of Jade Tree. And, yeah. 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 And like the other side of Jade Tree. And then there's some labels that were specific into it where it was like, yo, this was really popular. And yes, hardcore kids liked it, but it had its own world of people who, who wouldn't totally fuck with hardcore. You know what I mean? Doghouse. And yeah, I mean, eighties, and even in the different part of the nineties, you might have had stuff like SOD and Carnivore. That, well, that's what I mean. Is that it's like, like to me, Carnivore is purely adjacent, but we know many, many, many hardcore kids who it's on their not maybe not their Mount Rushmore, but it's like a significant thing. So, like, I don't know. I I, I find these bands kind of interesting because, to my version of hardcore, this is not tied in the wool at all, and these are like slightly adjacent, but the linkage it's like texas is the reason like texas is the reason to me is like well it's poo poo but it's also like hey it, it's also very no disrespect to the texas is the is the reason uh musicians who listen to this podcast sorry i called your life's work poo poo but the i guess what i'm saying is it, 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 it's got a um it it does have its own world, hundred percent has its own. But it's always it's it's always in the mix. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or yeah. or was always in the mix. It was dark. it was yeah. If you like this stuff, it's a step over. Um, yeah. Okay, so so we're keeping Carnivore. We're gonna say goodbye to SOD, but we are gonna do some content about it for somebody who was excited about that. And we're gonna add ill repute. What happens next? In okay, I'm um, I'm good with that. Tom, are you good with that? Sure, I'll go along to guess. I, I, I would have I would have kept SOD over Carnivore, but I get really it. okay. I mean, like, I, I don't, I, mean, I don't like Carnivore, too. like, actively, but, like, I don't, right, but, <clears throat> I actually kind of enjoy that you, one. Do you have director. strong feelings on SOD, though? It's like, he just kind of likes it. Yeah, yo. Let's, I dig it, I'm, but, like, but I think Carnivore is more hardcore than SOD's okay. Anthrax with the hardcore guy. Yes, see, that's how I feel. Okay, go. that's, Perfect. I mean, literally. Yeah. Let, uh, let's do this. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's Carnivore uh, with, with a vote of no confidence from Tom. All right. Is that cool? Sure. sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and let me second the no vote or no confidence, but with both Tom and I acknowledging that we think that record does have this weird relevance to hardcore now, and we're going to pick it apart when we do it. So, All right. and, and, and I mean, sonically, I'm willing to bet there's going to be a lot positive to take out of it, but we can't ignore. And that's going to be part of this. Hopefully, everybody who's listening, we're not going to look at this stuff and and excuse it per se we're we're going to talk about it and try to be really honest because yo lots of these records have weird um chrono chrono twerks on them where it's like ooh you wouldn't do that now you know right but that's on some level that's just that's to be expected and it's what we expected. should not it's do and i just, yeah yeah i suspect we, i i know we won't do is yeah. the part that's difficult for us because uh, maybe you know we don't know everything, obviously, and we never claim to. But sometimes we know a little bit more th- than we talk about on the air, and, and there's uh, some things are like, yeah, we have um, Tom as a lawyer. What would you call that? Where uh, we have supporting evidence. <laughs> to some of the shipping uh maybe a little maybe a little sketchier than than even yeah. the music lets on 
Um, it hasn't met Discovery yet, so we're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it hasn't met Thank Discovery. Thank you, Tom. Tom really always brings authenticity when you try to go there. And he, yeah. He just hits it. Um, all right. I feel good about that. Um, shout out. Shout out to the people who caught my mistake when I said, when I was talking about JFA and talked about liking their 7-inch, I missaid uh, Land of No Toilets, which is the ill repute 7-inch. I was talking about blatant localism, the JFA 7-inch. None How of that matters. How dare you i tried to explain to somebody i was like yo you know what the thing is in 2001 i believe i bought both those seven inches one at generations and one at fmu within like weeks of each other and was always so psyched because these were these two like early 87 so like it was like yo that means literally nothing to anybody and doesn't make any sense except in my own brain so shout out uh glad we got that ill repute record tom one thing i wanted to tell you Yes. Because I had a couple people who said the same thing, who said they felt okay. so good about hearing you say this. Because there's a bunch of records on here that people said, yo, I'm just, uh, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know that record. Or I don't know this band. And there's some deep cuts that are like, yeah, no clue at all. But they're like, yo, it's so cool to have. And, and I think this goes for all three of us. There are records on here I have not given true time to. Oh, yeah. There's records on here I haven't given true time to in 10, 15, 20 years. So we're all going in on this ride together and doing some discovery, some different things. So I think it's going to be really fun. And uh, yeah, so so anybody who listens, young, old, new, old, this is your first episode or your your last, (laughs) um, don't be intimidated (laughs) by this project. You know what I mean? Do do it with us. Listen to the records. Give them honest time. And I bet you find when you listen to 60 something records, there's a good chance you're either going to rediscover a record you used to love or love some new music, which is kind of part of our gig here. Although it's, it's also funny if somebody does the entire ride with us and just is watching a completely different movie and because they walk away going, God damn, I hate 80s hardcore, which would be fine too. Yeah, yeah, it, it would be. It's also just very funny. I also want to shout out the people who hit us and said, ah, oh, you're doing my least favorite decade of hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. You know, because I know for me, that's that's like, uh, it's not heresy, but it's close. No, actually, like, wow. real quick, let's talk about that as a concept. Yeah. Because we're, we are, I don't know who said that, but let's just assume that we're a couple years older, perhaps a decade older. Uh, that That is fascinating because uh, now you have so many decades to choose from. When I got involved in this, you had it was two. Yeah, you had really you had one and a half. <laughs> so, right. so like, right. it, it's there were two uh, shelves to pick from. You really couldn't. Yeah. yeah, and you could either be you could either be totally into what's ha- what was happening at right that time with yeah. some effort to uh, educate yourself on stuff that be- happened before it. <clears throat> Or you could be the guy that's obsessed with the stuff that happened before. But, but those were your only real options. Now, we've got a great many listeners for whom 2000s hardcore is not just their hardcore. They believe in their hearts. That is the best, the best. hardcore. And- right. I mean, quite honestly, we, I mean, we would probably think – I mean, my, me personally, I gravitate to the 90s. You know, Tom – In a every grand other, scheme of things. At every other juncture in my life, yes. But I feel like – I've heard it all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, but you I heard know it for the first time in the nineties. 
Right. Listen, I know it's not true that I've heard it all, but I feel right. too familiar. Like with you've the covered the whole field. Yeah. I, I feel but like I, it. And yeah. again, I think look, yeah. when people bust out their like local opener that I've never heard of, I'm still thrilled to get familiar with it. But like yeah. in my head, show, I'm like, oh shit. Like we got to talk about the nineties. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, like no, I mean, there's, a lot, there's as much garbage as is good. Yeah. But I, mean, I think even doing the divvy them up in decades is even probably not fair. Oh no! Because it's if just you for the of, like, if you yeah. think of the '80s, '80 to '85, and then '86 to '90 or '89, Correct. whatever the hell you want to break down, completely different. Tom, yeah. it's, it's a theory I've had for a long time, and maybe I've mentioned it here before, but maybe I haven't. Is that when we look at like sports is a great example. <clears throat> when you look at five-year periods, there is so much more consistency in a five-year range, and that you can actually look at these sample sizes and go, okay, this actually feels like a time period. Tom, like you can get more definitive answers in a five-year period. For example, Tom, who's the best basketball player of the 80s, would you say? The decade of the 80s. Of the 80s, you would, I would probably go Kareem. So Kareem Larry is the Bird. best. I wouldn't pick Jordan. It's not Jordan. Jordan's not. I'd pick um, Jordan be the 90s. It'd be from 90 to 95, and then there's a real argument that he also has the late 90s, too. Yeah, um, I mean, it might be Magic or Bird. So, so Larry Bird is almost definitively the best player from 1980 to 1985, or 80 to 84, or however you and want to do it. back out, that was it. Well, they won, the, they won the championship in 86. They won a few. Yep. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's the last championship he won. But here's the other big part. He was almost four years older than Magic when they entered the league. So he hit his prime much earlier, won his MVPs earlier, all that stuff. But then from 85 to 90 or 86 to 90, might be Magic. Uh, mm. it, it's pretty easily, you could have a conversation about Magic. You might be able to mention Isaiah. You might be able to mention Jordan, but it's not Larry Bird. But in, in those five-year blocks, you can be a lot more definitive. And it's like, Hey, who was the most important band from 1980 to 1984? Uh, bad brains. Bad brains. Maybe it's Minor Threat. Maybe it's Black Flag. But we know right, it's right. not. It, we know it's not Youth of Today. But from 86 to 90, might be Youth of Today. <laughs> right, know? but they wouldn't have been the eight, overall 80s pick. But they, but yeah, they when you go gets, to the whole yeah. 80s, it's a lot harder. So you're totally right. We do the decades because it's kind of fun. And oh yeah, honest, no, no, I get mean, a lot of natural. Mix. Yeah, exactly. But I, I totally agree. I think when we talk about the decades, you got to realize that some of it's a little bit arbitrary. Um, the 90s is so interesting because of the adjacent stuff. I think so much, so much of my favorite parts of the 90s are the adjacents, quicksand into another. Some of the, you know, the lifetime stuff, you know, where, where it's pushing away from the center of what right, threadbare, like in weird. Dude, yeah. yeah like, and, and I mean, Honestly, nine, the 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 middle ground of hardcore in the '90s shifted very hard from where it was in the '80s, right? Um, to the point where, like, by 1980s standards, and this is a conversation that I think makes sense. By 1980s standards, Earth Crisis is not a hardcore band. 
Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard. But it's not fair right. to not call them a hardcore band because the '90s they're cl- they are closer to center than something that might have been tried and true, quote unquote, hardcore in the '80s. Um, so, so it's it's a really fun conversation to have. I actually think I liked what you said, Patrick, the being able to pick from different shelves, the the four shelves theater theory, mm. um, and it's either a conversation for an episode. Or some sort of a game for an episode where we say, okay, on the 80s shelf, I'm pulling out Seven Seconds New Wind. Give me a record from the other three shelves, the 90s, the 2000s, and the 2010s, that you would use to complement Seven Seconds New Wind. Oh, that's an interesting idea. And we'd have to do some pre, like this would be yeah, a pre we can, I, I would Because we can't, I, I think off the top the of our heads, we're all going to like pee our pants. So. Um, Lifetime. <sighs> Yo, right, like like uh, lifetime hello bastards may or yeah, I go I go silent majority. Oh, see, and then from the two thousands, the two thousands might be the hardest. I think the twenty tens, I probably would do um, the praise, the last praise record, which I think yep. is is pretty good. But the two thousands, what would you do from the two thousands? A melodic <sighs> band from the two thousands. Melodic singing. I mean, maybe would you do like a dynamite. Oh, I mean, is that too uh, much Damon? That too I mean, much Eamon? Too, that might be too fast to, to me. Maybe I go Polar Bear Club, but then you're starting to go far afield. Yeah. Maybe you go Crime, crime and Stereo. Um, what's oh, the, the early Crime and Stereo stuff. You could do it, stateside, you know? Yeah, I'd pick I'd pick something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so so that would be a fun I don't know if they would. No. They might not. <laughs> they might go GB. Maybe it's GB 80s. Uh, oh, right. Well, you, you, Lifetime I mean, 90s. And, and and that's going to be so so all right we're, this is going to be a game the four shelf game where we're going to pick guys up, grocery pick games oh, yeah. um, yo, bob's band watch? bonanza how many yes. how many game shows do you guys watch i have friends who watch a lot of game shows and i'm kind of I left don't. out in the cold okay no i, I, I watch, would, yeah i'd watch jeopardy if it's on mm. yeah there's a um what have i watched i don't want i'm terrible at tv but i watched um there's a show called the wall Okay. It's terrible. It's exactly like what it's meant for like, hey, it's 830. You just finished your fucking Hungry Man dinner, and now you're going to sit down and watch some TV. It's literally – it's like they get like two family members usually, and like Mm -hmm. you drop these like – it's like Plinko. Remember Plinko from – Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But you're dropping rubber balls. Okay. And they land in like in these different uh, monetary – you know, like across the board from like zero to a million. But then like – one person's on the other end that they can't hear you and you have to like bet if they're going to know the answer to these questions. Okay. It's pretty fucking terrible. It's this dude, Chris Hardwick, who was like canceled. Oh yeah. Everything yeah, about this sounds, I hate Tom. I'm like doing my best to be like Tom. Oh no, dude, it's awful. Like I was saying it and like, it's, it's to the point that I was like at Thanksgiving, I go, Hey mom, you ever watch like the wall? She's like, gets a little too hokey at the end. Like my mom, who's like the nicest old Irish lady ever. <laughs> Was pretty much like shut up, you jackasses, and just get to the end because they'll go like you know like so. Pat, me and you were in there, right? 
So you're behind, and I have to guess if you're going to know these. Then they give you the option: Do you sign a con- sign the contract where you get a, a, like a certain guaranteed amount of money, or too you many go? Elements. I do it. There's so much, or you go for what's like on the wall, right? So then they meet. They, then they they bring you out. We go face to face, and like it's literally ten minutes of like, you know, Patrick, you're like. You know, you're amazing. You're one of the smartest people I've ever met. And I think, you know, no matter what happens here, you know, I'm always going to be proud of you. And I love, like, it's like, it goes on for like 10 minutes. Oh, no. And it's then the other like person preamble? does the same thing oh. back. And then they're like, I signed the contract. And it's like, you fuck, we had a million and a half dollars on the wall. Like, it's, it's so annoying. I, I hate watching that. Tom, I'm, I'm Googling Kevorkian suicide machine right now. I, I, I hate everything you're saying. Um, yo. It's a terrible, terrible show. I recommend no one watch it. But Guy Fieri, I watched some guy's grocery games while I had, I had cable at the family house. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. It's fun. So that brings me to a point here, Tom, because I think it's true. Has the time of cable TV channel flicking, is it totally gone? I think it still I mean, exists the TV is in terrible. suburbia. You know what I mean? It is really terrible. But like, you have enough reruns. You still have cable TV movies that are on. Like, Listen, I, I'm in hot- I'm in hotels every night. Oh yeah, so, so you do. So I see a lot of, and and my bandmates are not sports guys. Normally, a hotel is just ESPN is just on sports the entire center. time because it's the only thing that you might get like a, an update during the. You know what I mean? Like, there's something. Yeah. Responsive meanwhile, you guys it. are like, you get to the channel that has friends on it for 12 hours in a row, and you go, "This is it. Listen, this is how it, this is how it ends." Fucking uh, Comedy Central plays six hour blocks of South Park, and, and then the Office pl- in alternating. Rip- yes, yeah. and, and MTV plays six hour blocks of ridiculousness. I think six is being low. <laughs> yeah. I think they play say- like. Yeah, exclusively did ridiculous did you send the the like tv listing of mtv or was that i did you, you did that oh my god and it's, i thought it was a meme but it was real it's real and uh, you know uh, eric who works in television was pointing out yeah i mean they probably did the math and they're just playing moneyball with the fact that hey ridiculousness nets us the exact same amount of money as, as doing like anything else that we were doing. So right, and they could probably get a month. They film for a month, and they probably have a year's worth of yes stuff. And but I mean, I gotta say, like, I don't. Be, nobody's talking about it because I don't think anybody's watching television. But television is in a really pathetic state. Like, super, it's dire. Like, if I worked in that business, listen, I work in comics, which are a niche dying industry, and. I am less concerned <laughs> than fucking somebody in television. I can't imagine anything scarier than like looking down the barrel of like being 25 and working for CNN. I'd be like, Oh, there's no future here. You know, I'm fucked. TV, but there like, are like those pristine, like the prestige shows that are still fucking killing. It's like some money. of the best TV and movies going, you know, are these so. like HBO shows or, Netflix shows or so there's still stuff like that, but like the average, like I'm going to sit down, you know, and have, you know, a cup of very vanilla ice cream and watch TV like on a, that's over on a Wednesday night. It's well, fucking that's the thing. dark. There's a part of me that, you know, Patrick, you pointed out, Tom, you said it when you were at your mom's uh, with Patrick in the hotel room, yo, cable TV. That was a weird, like for our generations of people, like, Yo, you would just lull yourself like I'm just gonna flip channels and just chill. Yes, and I don't think young people have that now. No, and, it's you. Uh, it's YouTube. 
Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And I, it, but there was, it's, is it more mindless than YouTube? Because YouTube feels like you have to be actively, you, you either let it roll, but you kind of had to have the initial impetus of. You have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. Whereas with TV, you start somewhere by turning it on and then going, oh, this is on. Okay. Right. This is on commercial. I'm going to move. Right. Oh. Is, is it the same or is it a little different? Uh, no, it's it's a little different. It's more active. Like yeah. the idea of just flipping channels mindlessly. Although some people just le- like turn on the autoplay and just let one shit play into another. But I think those people are like super high. Yeah, that's crazy <laughs> to me. That's crazy because that that leads to a dark place real quick in any YouTube shit I've ever done. Um, oh, okay, yo, uh, we're not gonna. This is gonna be a pretty quick one, but I did want to bring to you guys. I, we talked about it briefly in the chat. The end of the year is coming up. We always do our end of year lists. So I, you know, a prod to say, "Hey, start thinking about this." Here's my question: Do you think more good hardcore has come out this year, or more good hardcore came out last year in what is going to be a weirdly a weird year to look back at historically for anything? Like, think about in five years when we can go, "Oh, we're going to do the year in hardcore 2020." Yeah, that'll be great. Context there, no, of it, there were right? no shows. Right, Just, right. Yeah. But but like think about this. Say it's 2030, some 20-year-olds getting into hardcore. We're dead by then. We're just dead. Um I mean, but yeah. they're looking back and listening to like Nick's to Grink um about, you know, hardcore and uh they do a year in 2020. Will that context matter? So, initial question and then feel free to go wherever you want. Did more my better gut, hardcore come out this year or last? My gut with no, there's nothing to substantiate. Like I'm not going to provide any evidence because I would need to actually sit and think, but my gut says this year far better than last year. Me too. Cause I feel like last year, if I had to guess people held off on stuff because of the uncertainty, I think people in 2021, when stuff started popping, people were like, well, we could get a record out now. And like, while they might not have done that, and we know bands that have done that. No, that yeah, I mean, I don't think we're tell- and I don't think we're telling tales out of school to say that like the Fiddlehead LP would have That's come out last of, year. Yeah. One right, it came out a year LP, after it could have. One Step Closer's LP probably would have come out this year, but the initial goal was to, for it to come out middle of last year. You know, um, so right, there's a right. lot of things that would have been different. Um, I, I think you're right. Back. I think you guys are right. 2021 has been better. But I'm also I'm also just kind of starting to work through figuring out what some of my favorite stuff was. There has been a lot of good stuff this year. Um, have you guys felt like that? Has there been a lot of good new stuff? Has there been any new material that's kind of caught your eye? What are you thinking? So there hasn't been new material that necessarily like that I'm playing all the time. But I will say that I'm excited for every every fucking announcement at the moment, which is like. Not no disrespect to the bands that were rolling stuff out last year, which I thought was like an admirable effort, and for some bands, really smart. But I uh, I wasn't like month to month excited about things that people told me were coming out or d- were announced. And now I'm like, at least my ears perk up at basically everything, which might just mean I'm in a good headspace and like a mark at the moment. But like for a guy who is complaining that nothing's connected with me lately. At least I'm fucking excited. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so, so I'm like, I'm kind of in the moment. Also, I got to say, part of that is from now touring, where you see 
that people are really into live music at the moment. So like even stuff that I'm not like, I doubt I'll be playing very much. I'm still like, Oh, that'll be a fun show. Like no names, but like for a drug shirt, drug church tour, we were like a bunch of names got thrown at me for support. And some of them like their records fucking suck. But I was like, that'll pop. That'll be cool. Like it, because it's like, I know that people are excited to fucking do like an awkward head walk and break their ass to a lot of shit right now. And that's pretty encouraging to me. I'm waiting for the record of 2021 won't happen obviously. Cause we got a month, but I'm waiting, I'm waiting for the record that like total, like, like clicks Defines. for me. Yeah. Like okay. I'm just like listening yeah. to it nonstop and it hasn't happened yet this year, but like I, I, I I'm feeling good about like the, this year as a whole. Tom. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think, you know, like the Long Island melodic hardcore stuff mm. has been Stand great. Still, like the Standstill Koyo, all that sort of stuff has been great. That Pain of Truth record was good. Oh, like yeah. super heavy. You know what I mean? Like bands that like were just kind of like playing their first shows, like and and you know, selling out their first show. Yo, shout out to Long Island for kind of having this crazy like let's keep shit like like boiling over in terms of anticipation and the moment that shit is open they went to it with a fucking real (laughs) yeah and so shout out to them there's other scenes that are doing that same shit where it's like hey everybody let's we're jumping we're, we're going to make these big you're going to come you're going to have a good time and we are going to reap the benefits of the fact that people are psyched and like Gulch, shout out, train, shout are you out, kidding uh, me? Tsunami. And, and and then shout out some of the peripheral, like um the venue in the valley, the midnight is it the midnight hour? Midnight hour. Uh, midnight hour, yeah. Awesome to say, hey, look, we're coming out of this thing and we're gonna have a venue. And it looks banging. I love that the the way that spot looks. Um Andy. Yo, Andy yeah, spot. And, oh, yeah. Andy spot, right? What's um, it called? It's something in Italian. I was calling it Quattro Formaggio, but it's not. Book at um, the <laughs> no, no. What is it? Seriously, do you know PK? No, I do not. It's open. Uh, I mean, it's like a real play. I didn't make it up. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That I know. Uh, it's a legit. Name like, escapes. hold on. I'm gonna look it up. I'm yeah, name up. escapes me. The shout out. You know, googling Buka de Beppo. Stand still. We said Koyo. Uh, shout out to No Pressure. Uh, oh yeah, definitely more on the pop punk tip. But like, yo, that band's blown banking up. big rooms already. And like, yeah, I remember crazy. being like. When like Harry and everybody was in, I'm like, who the fuck is this? Like, I wasn't like not being disrespectful. I was like, I, mean, I have no idea what this is. No, no, no. And then they, I was like, they, oh, they're like jamming, like they're packing out every place they play. Yo, so I, so I think dude. Bob knew what was up, but Tom, you and I were both like, like, oh, yo, we're spent because we don't. This is popping, and we had no idea. Yeah, I'm like that dusty that I have no idea what this is. <laughs> it's ma- mono occulta. Okay, Portland. right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Yes, thank you. Mono not Buca de Beppo. No, not, not Buca, Buca de Beppo. Be- maybe you can get some, you know, or some Quattro Formaggio at the. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think what Manja else. Manja, Cali's folks. got a ton of stuff going on. That that knocked loose like fucking interactive, like made a, ca- a cartoon and a fucking album. Yeah. <laughs> like which is fucking insane. Um, yeah, we got to do. Let's do. Stuff. Let's do a whole new music thing in like you know, not today, but next time we record. Um, shout out to the uh, I think it's Roachleg Records who did some of the best like punk fast hardcore demos I've heard. Um, Fatal War, People's Temple demos, like really good stuff. Um, 
I think is it Fatal War? I think it's Fatal War, which is uh, Madden from a bunch of Jersey bands. Um, oh, all right. Uh, Dan from War singing. Yeah. Um, is it Final War? Maybe it's Final War. Uh, I can I quick hit you Final fellas War. real quick? Hit me, Pat. Tom, have you seen the uh, latest uh, consumer product to use uh, a uh, indecision line? No. Is there, a, <laughs> there have there been past ones that I miss? Well, you know that like everybody and their mother uses for those I love, I will sacrifice. In, in yeah, oh yeah, and I have no idea. It's like, yeah. dude, it was mint. I saw it on a fucking wall. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, they get the tattoos and they don't fucking. You know. So, uh, I just sent you a link. Uh, this is Matt Pozzolo's comic, which is kind of long. Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ah. So, uh, here's the difference. Pozzolo is a Long Island hardcore kid. Uh, oh, so, so he, is this legit then? This is he like knows a the, he, he knows oh, yeah, the yeah. reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You he, should I mean, you should be sending him a question. And be like, "Hey, where's my comps?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this I mean, dude, it, it, it's called God Killer, which is apropos. Yes, it and is apropos for those I love. I will sacrifice. Yeah, there you uh, go. Uh, he is. Uh, you know this guy? I do. I know him well. Uh, oh, I want some books. He, uh, I mean, his books are gibberish. I can't read this shit, but he, uh, I mean, he can send me it to me sign. I'm not going to fucking I'll hang it somewhere. Yeah, no, for, oh, well, I'll get you those. He's actually, he's a fun dude because he's a straight edge dude, but he is like, he writes basically drug books. Like th- this book, like when I, mean, I said, like, trippy, man. yeah, when I said, I can't read this shit, I, I don't mean that disrespectfully. I mean, it's like, it's meant to be strange. It's meant to be like tr- kind of transgressive. Uh, the he's, He's a dude um, – uh, he likes to keep a very low profile. He's like one of our sponsors in that respect. Uh, mm. And he uh, – but he's the guy who like – in Long Island, he, he, he and some friends launched a basically uh, a DVD distro business when DVDs were like super profitable. <laughs> so yeah. like wow. you know, like the New York hardcore documentary sort of shit, like it, it, he was getting all those – into like, like Best Buy and you know what I mean? Like that sort of shit. And oh, wow. so he divested himself of that, uh, years ago, took the money and, uh, has since, uh, been, I mean, he represents a lot of my, my, uh, comic properties to, to film and television, but like he, uh, he also makes comics himself, but he's like, uh, I'm trying to think of who he's plugged in with. He's like definitely, uh, uh, wreckage records uh adjacent sort of dude you know no shit that's cool all right i mean i respect like, i as long as he didn't take it from like somewhere else like if he takes it from i don't give a shit like no he definitely stole this from you all right because there's a there's a guy from dublin he's like a he's a singer mm. ed sheeran uh, yes it's ed sheeran singing galway girl no but his band is <laughs> he his like his wait is this hold on Give me one second. Yeah, so it's it's a it's a sing it's a solo guy, David Balf from Dublin. Don't trust him. He his band is his his musical project is called For Those I Love. Okay. So people that I know that know him, he's like, yeah, no, he has no idea. Okay. (laughs) But he's a hardcore kid. Oh, is that right? He loved like ceremony and trash. I'm like nothing. Yeah, listen. I mean, is this like, unless it's an REM fucking, you know, this one goes what? out to what you guys hear? I get, I'm getting like an emergency. Is that a train? I think we're getting hit with a, a tsunami. Hold on one second. Oh, no. 
Patrick, this no. might be the last. Ma- <laughs> this is my last. This is my last. Uh, uh, all of a sudden, you're going to hear, if you're not from Los Angeles, you're a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what, what I thought of like I thought like Eric built like you know like uh, model trains while you were gone. Yo, uh, yeah, he got really into modeling. Oh, he should really do that. Are you at the house? I am. Yeah. Let me ask you this: If we're doing sure. a couple quick quick hits, so we okay, can you know please. stretch us out a little bit, so we're not just giving the folks some half ass shit. What um, would you what did you do for for the Indigenous People's Holiday? I uh, attended a Friendsgiving where I talked to a very high dude about NFTs. Now, did you like? Did you the band like break up, do their own things? You all stick together? No, we we went to uh, it was their Friendsgiving thing that that uh, uh, that I attended. They invited the old so guy to. It, okay. It it was uh Wait, it was nice. It Brian it Murray. Like, well, we can name Brian Murray, right? Yeah, oh, is sure. he not? Na- is he unnameable now because you're mad at him because you fought with him that one time? No, please. Yeah, Patrick doesn't consider him a friend now, so he's like, no, oh, he was rubbing his this balls guy, Brian Murray. Night. What are we talking about? Good, good, it's good. Our boy. We want to make sure you're good. I want uh, no. I want. Uh, I'm going to give you a little insider information into the Los Angeles gay scene. He watched a uh, very prominent uh, Disney star uh, get drilled in the ass the other day. In a pool, a little, little, little fun. That was his. That, that was his was that friendsgiving. Fun? That's kind of cool. Yeah, his I mean, friend. His friendsgiving cool. was a lot more wild than my friendsgiving, where I was on a couch listening to a dude talk about NFTs. Did you but, just do a blind item? I did. I did. What yeah. Disney star who's not yeah. out? Was, yeah, yeah okay. I think I. You know, he might be out though, but it's just him getting drilled like in in the in the pool in front of fifty uh, overweight dudes that makes it like a, a fun story. <laughs> Um, um, so, so like where does citizen go? Where does like Ned and Gl- like, and glitter go? Like what, give me some, I always, I always found it fascinating bands that were on tour and far from home during like, like during, you know, a holiday where you can't have a show because no one's going to come. Yeah. But like what happens for those folks? Is it like every person for themselves, every band for themselves? Is it like, uh, we, well, we invited everybody to, to the drug church friends giving, uh, the citizen dudes were supposed to chill with their uh, manager who was putting on like a Thanksgiving thing for them in, in Los Angeles. But I talked to them last night and they were, I'm not trying to scare anybody. They're going to be attending the show. Also, this will come out after the show takes place tonight, but they, they were somehow stranded in Patterson, uh, uh, California, which if you're not anything like Patterson, New Jersey, then I was going to say, if you're not familiar with it, it's like, I'd rather be stranded in the ocean. So it, it's uh, uh, why were they stranded? I didn't get the details from them. Uh, Man, this this little leg of the tour has been a. We could talk you know, about that. Well, let's talk about that real quick. Yeah. Do so it. I'm not telling tales out of school that Citizen uh, got their van and trailer stolen and recovered it. Um, it is uh, firstly to our listeners who are like you know like on that peace punk sort of shit where it's uh, people over profit and the state only cares about. Uh, uh, property crimes property. doesn't care about crimes against human beings. Uh, just to clarify, the state doesn't care about property crimes either. If you're not rich, they don't give a fucking no. shit. So like, no, they come, they write some some stuff down, and they leave, and you'll never that, see. Precisely stuff. right. So yes. they, uh, I don't think I'm telling anything. Citizen wouldn't want, but like, basically, a number of their they they were they retrieved almost everything. What they couldn't get back was because. The dude who had it, and they know he had it, 
uh, was was in his trailer and police did not see him go from the van to his trailer. So they could not connect him despite the fact that it was parked at his house. And to me, that supplies all the probable, probable, probable cause you would need. However, on the flip side, these are in fact the protections that you would want from police. So there's two ways to look at this. If I were a citizen, I'd be very frustrated that I know a couple grand of my shit is sitting in a dude's lap in his trailer and police can't even look inside the trailer. I would be very frustrated. However, if I was somebody who did not commit a crime, I don't want the police sticking their head in my trailer for uh, on a bullshit probable cause. So <clears throat> two ways to look at that. But suffice to say, the state doesn't care about – your van and trailer and they're talking about yeah millions of dollars they don't give a shit about you yeah yeah, they don't care so it was uh citizen did a smart thing uh by making their van trackable and uh they went and bands do that that van bands do that you can do that for very little money now uh really really smart it's really worth it uh Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and, in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. I mean, Pat, do you want to tell them? I mean, I don't know if you want to cape up for Steve Jobs and the like, but like... So... you. So they use for bands that are listening and are like, I wonder how we could do that. Here yes. you can do it. Uh, everybody go to the Apple store or to, to a target and buy yourself the uh, Apple tags. Um, nope. the, Garmin sells a, uh, like a more heavy duty one. And that might be worth doing for sure. Uh, but get yourself something that enables you to track. Like it, this is just for, I know. That, <laughs> so Tom, do you know that you and I have totally different listeners? Yes. Okay. Well, so, well aware. So for, yeah. for the <laughs> listeners that share my concerns about living in a surveillance state, uh, it, it's <laughs> th- th- this isn't uh, the best thing in the world, but you should take advantage of it so that your items are not lost forever. And that is get yourself something with a tracking device. Uh, like whether that's oh, an Apple tag, is... like air tags or whatever they're called. Oh, this is such You're an You're incredible... walking around with a phone. This is such an incredible crossroads for Patrick because of his disdain for surveillance track. I hate that versus your desire for property your rights. Yeah, so, Pat, you are already tracked. You have a phone in your pocket. I, I've heard all this. I've heard all this nonsense. Listen, it, it, there is. You think a, it's different because you get this tile that you tape under one of the, under the captain's chair in the fucking van? All of a sudden, it's like. Fucking, they're coming for you. I then just then you become Edward Snowden. Give me a no, break. No, no, no. Forget. Uh, okay, forget the, forget the state watching you. I think it's getting weirder and weirder that we have the ability to watch each other in this like like ring ring facts, cameras. Facts. Ring cameras are fascinating. They're also pretty disgusting. Yeah, and like yeah, I wouldn't recommend those. And and also like I love that Citizen app, that little snitch app that I can't get mm. enough of. But at the end of the day, that's a snitch app. You know, <laughs> like that's it's oh, not. 1, yeah, it's not good. And the, you're just uh, waiting for the thing to pop up on your screen and be like, 
man is beating another man with a chicken or something. That's all you there that's for. What I, that, that's what I. That's what I'm there like, for. But like, meanwhile, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, the, and there are things like that. It's like alligator running down fucking you know outside the Chinese state man's Chinese theater or whatever yes. it's called now. Oh, I mean, it's a it's a wild. What's time. it called now? Uh, it's actually changed its name. It's the something else Chinese theater now. Um, okay, but anyway, uh, all of this is to say that if you want to hang on to your shit, uh, get yourself something that geolocates uh, in that vehicle and take care of yourself because everybody, everybody is getting ripped off out here. It's getting very rough. And I'm going to say this with no sort of political commentary whatsoever. I don't even know what to draw from this information, so I don't have political commentary to offer. It is fucking rough out here at this exact moment. Uh the cities that I feel like my property is safe in is getting smaller and smaller. Uh, that list is shorter. So, are you safer in the big cities than the, than those back country cities? No, I mean, it, like Portland. A lot people that came out to our show in Portland all had their vehicles ripped ripped up. Uh, and I don't think of Portland as being like a place I've got to be on guard myself, but like the property stuff is really wild right now. Like the, the car breakage, like in San Francisco, I felt pretty good until I talked to people from San Francisco that were like, Oh yeah, stick your head out every few minutes. Like wow. it, it's, there's not like a ton of places that I feel good at the moment. So, uh, I don't know, just Rough a thing, to there, con- a thing to consider. Um, if you're a touring band, uh, I mean, what's shocking to me if for, for the citizen story? Yes. Like in my head, like when you go like, oh, their van got stolen. Like this had happened to to one king down yep. outside of CBs in the 90s happened to like mm. trip face and all stuff. Like by the time like, you know, so you're running around the Lower East Side trying to find the van. By the time you find it. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's stripped. Yeah. But the fact that like this person took it from point A and just moved it to point B, not that far away. And then was going to figure like, I figured like they were, you know, their amps were, were being hocked already. Okay. So let, let's talk about that uh, again. Sorry to citizen. If I'm telling tales out of school, I don't think I'm saying anything. That they and this have. is all general stuff that I've seen on the internet. So I'm not saying so, anything that. So in, in this case, uh, and this is what I'd like to make our listeners aware of. I've said on the podcast before I've kind of implicated venues and then walked it back because clearly I don't know, you know, like <clears throat> it's irresponsible to say um, it's probably not venues to be honest in much more likely it is. For example, I won't say that this is citizen. You look out your window vans. there, great. You get your clothes on, you go outside Van's missing. Uh, you go to the hotel security. Hey, uh, our van was just stolen. We're going to need the cameras for when the cops show up. Oh, the cameras are out on that side of the building. Oh. Could somebody reasonably not implicate the overnight guy at that point? You would have to say, oh, is that right? He's a suspect. Like, so here's the thing. The... The person that stole their vehicle, the people that stole their vehicle, drove it 30 minutes to their home. So my question would be, was this was this gang of uh, of uh, van thieves, were they just driving around random Marriott's 30 miles away from their home? Or is it much more likely that somebody made a phone call to them and said, 
hey, the cameras that are out whenever you come by are out today. I'm not saying this is the case because I don't need the Marriott of Baymont of, uh, you know, whatever or whatever right, coming right. up my ass. But I'm saying that in my view, this shit is almost always an inside job and you are getting no protections. We part, I, I'm pushing hard for us to only stay at casinos. Mm. And that's, that's because casinos are the only places that we've stayed on this tour that have their own security plus infinite surveillance. So like it is like <clears throat> when we parked at some sketchball shitty ass casino, I felt the safest that I felt with our shit on this entire tour. So that's just food for thought for anybody out there. Really? Yeah. I, w- the idea that you just have like, I don't know what it was. It's a, uh, they had their own security and then they, it was on a reservation. So it was the reservation police d- did the drive around a- every hour. Right. So like that shit is all valuable when as a deterrent, like we also, uh, let me, okay. So drug church, I don't want to give th- potential thieves our all, all our fucking modus operandi, but we just bought boots for our vehicle. We're putting boots on every night and like, like, like a parking, like you, yeah, you didn't smart, pay your parking yeah. tickets. boots. Yeah. And here's the thing. You can take a boot off. It takes half an hour. You could take a boot off, but I want you to earn whatever you're going to take from us. You know what I mean? Like you, you better. Okay. You're putting in half an hour worth of work. You're going to sit there <laughs> and you're going to wow. take the, take this and we boot got off a tracker. So you better be quick. Yeah, exactly. Right. Because so Tom, I, I liked what you said too in the nineties bands would get their van stolen and it was stripped. I think we're looking at different people who are grabbing these vans right now. I think this is people. It's a. It speaks to kind of where we're where things are at. I think it's. Are there more organized people grabbing grabbing vans? Sure, I'm sure in some places, but I think in some other places, it's just people who are on a new thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's the catalytic converter craze of the moment where it's just yeah, people are fucking hurting, man. Yeah, desperate people. You know, so, it's, it sucks. Uh, but it, but here's the thing: like, not to dare a bad situation, but. Desperate or not, you're not getting my shit. Like you're gonna, you're gonna have to earn it. So you sleep in the van, or now that you stay in hotels, you stay inside. I sleep in the van any night that it's above like forty degrees. By choice, like not to protect your shit necessarily, but nah. I'm it- just, I'm just the guy that's like totally com- like I can fall asleep there with no problem. So, so like I just elect to do that, you know, um, because some people they if a bad a bad night's sleep to them is like. like it just ruins them. But like, if I'm asleep, I'm asleep. There's no like sleeping on the floor and sleeping on a bed are the same to me. Cause I'm, I'm asleep. So like, right. Which is good to know. So when they steal, when they try to steal your van and you're asleep and you're asleep and (laughs) you're just going for a joyride. Uh, Yeah. yeah. So uh, like, you're not going to be a deterrent. They're just going to be like, Oh shit. That guy still, I just had a bump. No, there's, there's that, there's that uh, breakfast potatoes. There's well, I've had a dude. I told the story on this podcast. Break into the van, steal something from my bag inches away from my head, and did not wake up. That so, is so clearly. I am not audacious. Yeah, yeah, way audacious. I think about that and think, wow, uh, he, like I, you deserve I, it more than I do, buddy. He could have given me a wet willy. So, <laughs> Wisdom and Chains has a song about that them waking up or one of the members waking up in the van as it's being driven away by a thief. Yes, I believe if I'm get now, pardon me, Wisdom. It happened Chains. in Ohio, I want to say. Yeah, I'm not in their circle, so I don't want to. I don't. But I heard this story the other day, and it was Crutch that actually experienced. Oh, okay, that. same dude. Some of the same dudes, right? Same dudes, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So like the. the uh, 
I think that the wrong they experienced- band if you're doing that one. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think they experienced uh, yeah. it in Crutch, sang about it in Wisdom and Chains, and it's a it's a semi it's like a lore sort of scenario where it it's a great if if it's as true as I hope it is, it's a great story. I'm betting it. I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> like I would imagine. <laughs> well, like, yeah. that's a fact. Dudes that don't need to lie. <laughs> that's a fact. Yeah, like they don't have to tr- play it up. I mean, it's probably yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a great song, but it's funny about like. Imagine of, of all the fucking vans in all the world, you pick these. Like, cool. Yeah, good luck. I, I got knocked unconscious trying to steal somebody's fucking flying V or something. You know what I mean? Like, great. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, I but I mean, I think it's such a scary thing, and it used to be put you know, only certain places or like you know, it's all over. And like, especially if you're on tour, and I know like the, pro- the property fucking rights, and you don't want you don't have to press charges, but you can get your stuff back. And especially for being on tour, it's not like someone, I mean, someone stealing your car is one thing and that really sucks. But like, if it's, you know, $20,000 worth of stuff, that's not portable Yeah, that's well, the, to me. Like we used to say this, like, you know, I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast or if, if you and I, like we just talked it off or talked about it off the air, but like there were certain places that we like rolled up and it was like, well, this is the only hotel within 30 miles and we're all exhausted. Like we'd like do like a quick scan and be like, all right, so we're carrying everything, but the amps inside. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Every guitar, every ba- every, every like the guitar heads, the bass head, everything. Yeah, and it's like, it's because one thirty yeah. in the morning, and this is annoying, but it's it, it'll be less annoying than having all of our shit stolen. Yes, right, right, right. But I mean, I can't like these, you know, God, you know, Citizen never got their shit back. Like, so that's a headlining tour that they've lost all of their stuff. Yes, and bands uh, of that ilk are not playing garbage. No, they're playing good they, equipment, and it right. They didn't like or and and hard to get equipment. They're not playing like crate amps and fucking, you know, Marshalls off the fucking shelf. No, so like they they got real shit. And that that's the thing is like they also do like you know they like the singer has an in ear because uh, their setup is such that they're like it, it's like it would be a major hassle and would impact the next few shows even if they borrowed nice gear. Because you're playing, you're playing on new shit. It's like, it, it, look, like right. they are, like these are only 500 cap rooms, which to some people isn't shit. But I'll tell you what, like they, they really put on like a fucking, they're good at this and they do a big show. So like, it's like, I think that we have this habit of if somebody's not filling an amphitheater, we just seem to say like, oh, that's rock club shit, and like you know they like it'll be fine. But it's like, no, there's people that take this shit seriously. You know, it's just, and they are right, one of those right. bands. So like it, it's, uh, and I'm, I don't take, I don't have any gear. So I, frankly, I couldn't give a shit, but I don't like the idea of the presumption that you're going to steal from me. Like while I'm asleep, like I, it, to me, it's like a weird, like respect thing where I'm like, Oh no, no, no. You're not getting any of this stuff. Like, what do you think? I'm a sucker. Like, how yeah, fuck yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like somebody's, I'm like, <laughs> What am I a fucking hump to you, bro? Like you're gonna do this in front of me? Exactly. I'm like I'm yeah. like the I'm like somebody's Goomba dad, uh, like helping their their son buy their first car. Like like oh you think you think I'm a sucker? Okay, yeah. well you know I. <laughs> the- yeah, you turn into like the Jersey Shore and like Ronnie stole your girlfriend right in front of yeah. you. What am I? What am I? Some kind of asshole? Yeah, yeah exactly right. Um, so yeah, everybody be careful out there. I know we've talked about it on this podcast before, but then it like weirdly manifested on this tour and I got to see it up close. So, uh, an interesting thing, uh, Bob's right. Everybody do yourself the favor and get those, uh, tracking devices of whatever kind the Apple ones. Yeah, I think they're like four for a hundred or something. Yeah, yeah, it's good. And hide them somewhere in your van that they can't find and throw them away. Right. I've seen enough like 
Dan, I've seen enough Dan Brown books become movies where they go, "Here's I have a tracker in my coat. I'm going to throw it out and throw like the." Hey, I'm going like, to I'm going to tape like Interpol it. off the you know off the scent. Yeah, I'm going to tape it to a sewer rat. <laughs> so you have to kind of maybe keep it somewhere that's not obvious that there's some tracking going on. Yeah. Sh- shout out to the sewer rats. 